SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. In order to truly know God, we have to meet the one who is simply Trinity. And we're actually talking with Matthew Barrett today at SOS Radio. and He is a professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. and He's an author. You know, a lot of times, Matthew, we talk about the Trinity like this is so complicated, the idea of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there's like a million analogies we use. None of them really feel like they do it justice, do they? No, you're exactly right, and I understand that pain, (laughs) because after all, this is God we're talking about, right? And so when we talk about God, we have to remember, well, hold on, He's not like us. He's not finite, and He doesn't change. Uh, He's eternal and infinite. He's incomprehensible. So there is a mystery here that we want to respect, but one that we can also enjoy. So, Matthew, I've heard people describe the Trinity like things like, oh, it's like water vapor and liquid and solids. Or I've heard people use the thing like the egg and there's the yolk and the egg white and the shell. And none of these really do it justice. But if you're to boil this down and say, hey, here's how I want to explain the Trinity. If we're trying to make it simpler, where do we start? I like to tell churchgoers and pastors and students everywhere, hey, try to stay away from some of those analogies. More often than not, I know that they sometimes can sound convenient and cool, but more often than not, they get us in trouble. (laughs) And uh, they can even sometimes even lead us towards, you know, certain heresies that we want to stay away from. So let's stay away from those. But we can know this triune God as he has revealed himself in the scriptures, in the Bible. And when we open the Bible, what we discover is, well, first of all, scripture tells us that this is one God we are referring to. So, and by that, it not only means that there's not multiple gods out there in the universe, it not only means that there is one God, but it also means that this God is one. Now, that concept really can blow our minds for a minute, because, well, when we look at each other and this world, it's made up of parts, and it's divisible, and it's quite complex, and that sort of thing. But when we talk about God, we mean this in the strongest sense, that this God is one. I can't emphasize that enough. So when we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one way that theologians like to say this is they'll say, well, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they share the same divine essence, the same divinity. And we see this as soon as we open a gospel like John, for example, when Jesus says he makes this shocking statement one that should really catch our attention, and he says, I am one with the Father. I don't think what he means there is, you know, him and the Father merely get along, or they're on the same page. (laughs) I think he actually means something eternal. He is actually saying that he is one with the Father in divinity. Now, That being said, what is it that then distinguishes these three persons? And again, Scripture actually has a really specific, really good answer for us. It's almost too basic to say. It's right there in the names themselves, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so you might notice when you read your Bible each day that for good reason, Scripture refers to the Son as Son because, well, He is 
from his father. He is, to use the Gospel of John's language, he is begotten from the father's own essence. And that makes sense then why we call the father, father. Likewise, when we come to the Holy Spirit, uh, this is not another son, but rather this is the Spirit, because the Spirit is spirated or proceeds from the Father and the Son from all eternity. I can't put enough stress on that, those words, because we have to be careful at this point that we don't assume, oh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're just like us. No, they're unlike us. There never was a time when the Son did not exist. He is the eternal Son of God. Likewise with the Spirit, there never was a time when the Spirit did not exist. This is the eternal Spirit we are talking about. So Scripture communicates something true through these names, but at the same time we have to qualify and remember, oh, this is the eternal God we're talking about, so let's not be too literalistic in the way we think about God in terms of our own society. Now, in order to truly know God, we've got to ask better questions about the Trinity, like God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're talking with Matthew Barrett today at Eswis Radio. And Matthew, you're a professor of Christian theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and you've studied the Trinity for years. I mean, you've taught about the Trinity for years, but recently you sort of discovered that our 21st century Western Christian view may have distorted the way that we see the Trinity from what was actually written in the Bible and was actually taught by our early church fathers that walked with Jesus. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And I realized that this can be a bit unnerving. It was for me as well. You know, that I came to a point when I just read book after book and listened to so many talk about the Trinity and realized, wait a minute, the way that we're going about this seems to be so different than the way Scripture speaks of the Trinity, or the way that so many of our church fathers spoke of the Trinity. What am I getting at? Well, oftentimes in the last century, we tend to talk about the Trinity and just assume, oh, well, the Trinity must just be a society like we're a society. You know, you're a person, I'm a person, we're kind of our own separate individuals. You've got your own will, I've got my own will. But hey, maybe we get along and we cooperate with one another in society. And, you know, my wife and I, for example, we might even go out dancing and and that sort of thing. And we sometimes can run the risk of just assuming, oh, that just must be how the Trinity works too which is really a dangerous move, because as we've been talking about, you think, for example, of that point in John's Gospel when Jesus says he is one with the Father, and the religious leaders are so offended, right? They want to kill him, because they understand, at the very least, they understand Jesus is claiming to actually be one with God in divinity, in in essence. Well, that's very different, isn't it, than the way that, you know, we may be one in society. So I like to tell people, hey, instead of just assuming the Trinity is like a society like we are, we actually need to go back to the biblical language itself, and we need to preserve the unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one in essence, one in will, yet distinct according to as persons, as Father, Son, and Spirit. If we do that, we actually avoid what I call Trinity drift, which is this (laughs) tendency to just slowly, sometimes very subtly, 
drift away from what the Bible says and what some of the best and most important Christian creeds and confessions of the Church have said as well. It's so interesting how we distort our understanding of the Trinity because we talk about God like we understand it. (laughs) I think one of the best ways to find a breakthrough is to say, you know what? I don't fully understand the holiness of God. I don't fully understand the part where God is the Father, but he's also the Son. And then there's the Holy Spirit part. And you know what? So we're asking the questions. And we're talking with Matthew Barrett today at SOS Radio. And he's an author and a professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And Matthew, it's so interesting because the Holy Spirit is almost like the forgotten part of the Trinity for a lot of us. Unless you grew up in a Pentecostal world, the Holy Spirit almost takes a back seat, but the Holy Spirit brings a different kind of power. And Jesus said, you're going to have something better when I actually leave earth, and I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned this because you're right. The Holy Spirit sometimes unintentionally, but the Holy Spirit sometimes gets left out of our conversations, right? And depending on the type of church we grew up in, we don't always talk about the Holy Spirit or really even understand the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to say is we need to really affirm that the Holy Spirit's not, you know, merely some power or force. When we go to Scripture, we actually learn the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. And then I think the second thing I would want to say is that rather than thinking of the Spirit in, you know, some type of, you know, ambiguous, mystical sense, we can actually go to the Scriptures and understand, well, this is the Holy Spirit who comes and applies and perfects what Christ has purchased at the cross, he applies that to us and for our salvation. And the Spirit then is the one who is given to us by the Father and the Son, even to indwell us. Now, the only reason we can say that is because of who the Holy Spirit is from eternity. The reason the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and then indwells us and sanctifies us so that we become more like Christ, well, the reason for all this is because, well, this is the same Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son from all eternity, even apart from creation and salvation. This Holy Spirit is eternal. Well, that sure changes our outlook on the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? Yeah, and a lot of times we call it a thing or an it, but he's a person. That's right. It's important to stress that because we sometimes can think of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as if, well, these are like just parts that somehow make up God. But if we start to go that direction, we actually undermine both the unity of God and, well, the persons, the Father, Son, and Spirit as persons. So we want to, you know, like we've been doing, we want to go back to that biblical language and try to understand, well, what does it mean for the Holy Spirit to be the third person of the Trinity? And then how does this truth of the Spirit being eternal, how does that then influence the way we think about the gospel as well as Christian salvation? I would go so far to argue that it also affects how we think about prayer. Because if this is the Holy Spirit who has caused us to be born again as Christians, well, then this is the same Holy Spirit who can then lead us and open our eyes to the beauty and the the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
and bring us through Christ to the Father, where we are adopted as children of God. So if you have a hard time defending the Trinity, it's like God is one, but he's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It sounds like three. Is it polytheism? Is that multiple gods? Is that one God? Oh, you know, culture just wants to take that and run with it. And that's why we've got to go back to God's word and read what it actually says. And we're talking with Matthew Barrett today at SWS Radio. He's a professor of Christian theology. Matthew, we have a hard time. We debate about it in our churches today and all of our denominations, but it was like that with the early church fathers. I mean, Back in like 325 AD, Emperor Constantine had this Council of Nicaea and invited like 300 of the leaders of the Christian church from all over the world. And they were debating like, okay, how do we understand God? Like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I mean, St. Nicholas even got in a fight with another guy named Arius in the middle of it where Arius was saying some things, and St. Nicholas is like, no, I'm going to defend the Trinity, and I'm going to defend the part of Jesus Christ, and Arius had some different views, and I mean, it broke out, and it got crazy. That's right, it did. In fact, it's hard for us to understand, you know, living in the 21st century, but it was, you know, if you were to go to the market to get your bread, this is what was on people's minds. In fact, it affected what songs they sung in church. So uh, this is important to remember, right? Because sometimes we can think, oh, you know, theology, that's something out there, but, you know, it's so unrelated to church. Actually, it's not. It's incredibly, incredibly related to both church and worship itself. But you make a good point there, because in the fourth century, you did have Arius and certain Arians who came along And they denied that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, as John's Gospel says, the only begotten Son of God, begotten from the Father. And by denying this, they not only denied the true deity of Jesus himself, but they actually undermined the biblical and Christian doctrine of the Trinity. And so, so many of these fathers came together, And they said, well, if the church is going to survive this, it was really questionable. I mean, it was that serious. They said, well, if the church is going to survive, if our Christian worship is going to be true and accurate, we need to put to write down a creed so that we can confess together for the church what the Bible says and what it doesn't say. Because, you know, those Arians, they have their favorite Bible verses, you know, as the saying goes, every heretic has his Bible verse. And so these fathers said, well, we need to actually write a creed called the Nicene Creed. They met in in Nicaea in order to actually clarify and protect the Bible from those who are misunderstanding it. If I can just quote a sentence, they have this beautiful line in which they confess in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, begotten from the Father, is only begotten, that is, from the essence of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And then comes this really important phrase, begotten, not created, of the same essence as the Father. Now, I realize those are some pretty, you know, advanced theological statements right there, But notice how they're picking up on what the Bible says about Jesus. He is God from God, or as 
So many of the epistles and the book of Hebrews talk about light from light, true God from true God. So they are defending the Trinity in a way that is actually meant to preserve both the unity and the equality of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're talking with Matthew Barrett today at SWS Radio, and he's a theology professor, and he's also an author. Matthew, we're talking about the simplicity of the Trinity. We make things so complicated. And when we were talking about the Nicene Creed, it was about defining the role of Jesus in the Trinity, because some of the early church fathers were thinking like, Jesus shouldn't be elevated here or there, and today we sometimes put the Holy Spirit as elevated, or we forget about the Holy Spirit at all in some of our denominations, but the Nicene Creed actually is a unifier to all Christian denominations saying, hey, this is what's true. This is what the Bible clearly says that we need to be in agreement on if we're going to be Jesus followers. You know, that's exactly right. Sometimes people think of theology as something that divides, and I understand, you know, there are all kinds of theological debates, and, and you know, those are important debates to get into because uh, they're important issues. But we can also forget that, well, actually, theology, especially when it's dealing with the most crucial issues of our faith, well, theology actually serves to unite us, and the Nicene Creed is a tremendous example, because as the Trinity and the deity of Christ was being questioned, the Church came together. They linked arms with one another and said, we need to confess the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. And so they went on then to argue for what you just mentioned, we call it the simplicity of God. That doesn't mean that, you know, God's basic or simplistic or easy to understand. Rather, it means that God is one. He is indivisible. He is inseparable. And so, yes, we distinguish, you know, Father, Son, Spirit, but we have to quickly remember Actually, there's no hierarchy in this God. There's no subordination. It's not as if the Son is less in some way. It's not as if the Holy Spirit is inferior in some way. They are co-equal with one another in every way. And so that was a huge success. And one reason why I encourage Christians and churches today to go back and dig up this creed, it's only three paragraphs long, the Nicene Creed, and I think you will find it will not only fortify you in solid biblical theology, but it will also lead you to prayer and to worship. The Trinity has to be one of the most confusing and complex things to understand about the character and the nature of God, but we're trying our best to scratch the surface today at SWS Radio. We're talking with Matthew Barrett. He's a professor of theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, but he's also an author. And Matthew, you know, when you're talking about this with students, right, you're digging into the simplicity of the Trinity. That's actually what the name of your new book is. But what do you find that's actually simple about the Trinity? You know, it's a fair question to ask, and it's one that as students come into the classroom, or I'm also a pastor, and so as as churchgoers, you know, maybe it's a Sunday morning class. Sometimes it's even, you know, during teaching time, preaching time on Sunday morning. But whatever the case, when we approach the Trinity, sometimes, like you said, it can be overwhelming. It can be really intimidating. And, you know, I don't want to be too quick to, you know, remove that tension because, after all, this is 
the eternal, infinite, incomprehensible God we're talking about. And if it were the case that, you know, he was easy to understand, well, we probably wouldn't worship him because he wouldn't be God after all. That said, at the same time, I also like to tell Christians and and churchgoers and students, I also like to tell them, hey, listen, yes, this is a mystery we're talking about. At the same time, though, this Trinity has revealed himself as Trinity to you through the Scriptures in a very specific way, uh, that is, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when you actually come into contact with who this Trinity is, you come into contact with this Trinity in the, in a very natural way. It's not as if you have to, you know, try to invent some type of, you know, for, clever formula or or that sort of thing, or find some type of code throughout the Bible. Actually, the gospel of Jesus Christ is presented to us, and sure enough, we're brought right into contact with God as Father, Son, and Spirit. So just think about this for a minute, right? I mean, when we believe in Jesus Christ, we are immediately, our eyes are lifted heavenward, and we're immediately, we have to answer an even bigger question, well, who is this Jesus? Who is this one that has saved us? Who is this Lord that we are confessing? John's Gospels are, you know, such a good example of this, right? I mean, we love to talk about John 3.16 and how we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, but you'll notice how John begins his Gospel before he even starts to talk about what Jesus has done for us. He talks about who Jesus is apart from us. He calls him the Word and says, this is the Word who was with God, and this is the Word who was God. In other words, John is laying the foundation of of our beliefs here by first going to the Trinity in eternity to then establish what this triune God has done for us in salvation history. So all that to say, yes, on the one hand, this is the Trinity, so we're really going to have to exercise our theological muscles. And at the same time, you can know this triune God because he has revealed who he is through the gospel of his his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. We talk about the Trinity is complicated, but maybe it's actually simple. That's what a lot of our early church fathers said. Now, I'm Scott on Eswis Radio. And we're talking with Matthew Barrett. He's a professor and an author on the theological level. I'll tell you what, Augustine said that what is meant by simple is that its being is identical with its attributes, apart from the relation in which each person is said to stand to each other. That's the way Augustine explained the Trinity of God being the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in one. Well, I'm so glad you brought our good friend Augustine into our conversation today. I just have to say to those who are listening, you know, as much as you may read, you know, the latest, newest books out there, which of course I appreciate, but much as you may read those, hey, go back to someone who's dead, <laughs> if I can put it that way. Someone like an Augustine, who is, I would say, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Christian thinkers of all times. Read, for example, his Confessions. Not only will you be introduced to rich theology, but devotional prayer. That said, to answer your question, yeah, Augustine has a point here in which he is basically saying to us, listen, don't think of the persons of the Trinity as, you know, persons like in our society that are divided up, you know, uh, 
persons in our society have their own consciousness, their own wills. Sometimes our wills are at odds with each other. We're our own uh, separate individuals. Augustine is saying, don't project that back onto holy God. He's saying, remember, even though we are distinguishing between the persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Augustine is saying, remember, they are one. And he used an old-fashioned word, simplicity, which doesn't mean basic or easy to understand. It's actually a word that, that gets at this very truth to say God is not a divided being. He's not uh, made up of parts. The persons, Father, Son, Spirit, it's not like, oh, the Father's 50% and the Son's 20%, and we're sort of deciding who, who has more of divinity than the other. Augustine is saying, no, 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 no. Remember that these persons are equal with one another. In fact, they share the same divine essence with one another, and therefore there's no hierarchy, there's no subordination in the Trinity, but there is perfect and holy equality among one another. Well, that being the case, it's no surprise then that Augustine can say and can affirm the one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Man, you're blowing my mind. You're challenging all of us today. Thanks for your time today. We're talking with Matthew Barrett. He's a pastor and a professor and also an author and has a new book called Simply Trinity. It's the unmanipulated Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you want to understand all the simplicity and break down the complexity, you know, Matthew, thanks for sharing today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on to talk about uh, one of the most important things we could think about. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.